Hello and welcome to Holistic Health Chats, a podcast where we chat about all things holistic women's health and everything in between. I'm your host, Selene Douglas, a women's health nutritionist with a focus on helping women to heal holistically and live pain and symptom free. I'm so happy that you've made your way here. Tune in every week so we can listen, learn and be inspired together. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This week, I am chatting with Shana Sapi on all things habit creation, maintenance, and overcoming self-sabotage. Shana and I cover tangible steps to make and break habits, how to optimize your environment for the habits that you wish to create, and how to recognize and overcome the signs of self-sabotage. I hope that you loved this episode as much as I did. If you are currently wanting to get personalized advice to support you with your nutrition and hormones, the best place to start is for you to book in a complimentary consultation. In this 15-minute consultation, we will discuss your current health goals, what you can expect from consultations, and we cover any questions that you may have. If you're happy to go ahead, we book in a time for your initial consultation, but equally, if you need a little time to think about it, that is perfectly okay too. To book in a complimentary consultation, simply head over to selendouglas.com forward slash links and navigate to the book section. Alternatively, you will also find the booking link in the show notes on this episode. We hope to meet you very soon. Good morning, Shana. Welcome to the show. Hey, Selene. It's so good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm excited for this conversation today. And and I think um, definitely my clients will get a lot out of listening to this um, topic, which is all around the power of habit and really how to make sustainable changes when it comes to our health. And, you know, that applies to other areas of our life as well. Um, Before we do get into today's topic, I'd love if you could share a little bit about yourself, what you do day to day and, um, yeah, all of the amazing projects that you're also involved in. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a qualified nutritionist who's on a mission to help people live a nourished life. And I do this through helping people eat more real food and create healthy habits because I see the importance of those habits in actually making this stuff stick. It's like so good to know what to do, but if we can't actually apply it in life, then we're not making that difference. We're not feeling as happy and healthy as we deserve to feel. So that's my main passion there. And as you mentioned, I have a few different things that I am juggling. So I'm the head of nutrition at 28 by Sam Wood, where I do a lot of meal planning, content creation, um, and recipe development. I also freelance write for goodness me who have an amazing subscription box and shop. And then I work in my business project nourish, which I My main offer is a 12-week program called Habitually Healthy, where I basically teach people how to create healthy habits and teach them everything they need to know about health and well-being. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so they're my main things that I'm doing at the moment with other little things that come along here and there. But I'm so passionate about all of it. And ultimately, it all comes back to those two core things, the real food and the healthy habits. Yeah, and like, tell us, how do you juggle it all? (laughs) 
Well, my habits have a really big um, impact on that. And this is something I'm super passionate about and want to talk more about because when we automate our healthy habits and we feel better, we're so much more productive. We get everything done. We've got the energy. We're more efficient. We can think better, focus better. So we're just really effective at the things we are doing. So when we optimize our sleep and we're getting enough sleep, we have more energy throughout the day. Mm -hmm. When we're less stressed, we can do things better and not be cranky and irritable. When we're eating well, we're giving our body that fuel it needs. When we're moving our body every day, we're feeling those endorphins and we're strong and fit. Um, We've got clear minds. So by having all of my healthy habits and having really good organizational skills, they all kind of work for me. Um, And one thing I will mention is I just have to be a queen of my schedule. Mm -hmm. So every weekend I have what I call a weekly planning session, Um, depending on what I've got on that weekend, it will be different times, but I'll always have at least half an hour where I sit down, I write out a to-do list of what I need to get done the next week. And then I'll put it all in my calendar because Mm -hmm. to-do lists, they just keep growing. We never get to the end of to-do lists. I don't think it's possible. If anyone has, please tell me your secrets. (laughs) Whereas when we actually schedule those tasks into our calendar, we know they're going to get done. We have the peace of mind of not having to stress about, oh my gosh, look at this massive list. When am I going to do it? Because it's all just in there. So we can focus on what we need to focus on. Um, and just move through it slowly. And on my to-do list and in my calendar, I always schedule my healthy habits as well. So I schedule time to cook. I schedule time to eat. I schedule time to sleep. Um, I'm scheduling time to move and telling myself like which type of movement I'm going to do that day or just scheduling a block of time and then choosing in that moment what I'm feeling. But I always make sure that that's in my calendar And that I treat it like a meeting because it's one thing putting it in a calendar and then being like, oh, you know, I'm busy. This can drop off because this is just a commitment to myself, not to somebody else. But I treat it as if it's a commitment to somebody else because ultimately we have to back ourselves and we have to be committed to ourselves Mm -hmm. and put in that effort if we want the results. Yeah. So do you see habits is like different to routine? Is it the same? I think very similar. Yeah. And once we build those habits, it Mm -hmm. becomes part of our routine and it's Mm -hmm. just something we do without having to think about it, which is what I love about them. And the best way to get to that point is just through that repetition. Mm -hmm. And then it just becomes a part of our lives because we have rewired our brain to just know that it's like, okay, I get up, I brush my teeth, I go get a glass of water, I get into my workout. It's just kind of like, it is that routine. It is that habit. um, And it just becomes a part of our day. Yeah. And I think, um, it's so important that you mentioned like actually making that time in your calendar. Cause it's one thing to have all of these things that you want to get done in the week or all of these things that you're trying to achieve. But if you haven't actually allocated the time to it, then you you haven't allocated the time to it, right. Inevitably things mm-hmm. are going to pop up and get in the way of that. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about would be like how, or sort of, um, how you might explain, I guess, to your, your clients or the people going through habitually healthy, like how you, and this might be a really silly question, but like, um, how do I word this? Like allocating the appropriate amount of time for a certain task, because I feel like sometimes we really underestimate the amount of time that something is actually going to take us. And so we might start out with sort of the, the best of intentions going, you know, here's my beautifully color-coded 
everything calendar for the week. Um, but then when you actually start actioning that, you realize that you've grossly underestimated the sort of amount of time that, that things will take. Yes, this is a really good point. And one of the main things I teach is forming habits is all about making things simple and making them easy because otherwise it's overwhelming. Like you said, if we've got this beautiful color-coded calendar and it's bursting, we can look at that and be like, oh my goodness, I don't have the energy to get guilty. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) me too. Don't worry. But as you start to build those habits, it starts to become like, oh, actually this is easy. This is just Mm. what I do now. But at the start, it can be so overwhelming. So it's really important if we can break things down. Um, And when we are just initially starting out healthy habits, rather than going all or nothing and being like, I've got to eat 21 healthy meals a week. I've got to have all the healthy snacks. I've got to move my body every single day. We just break that down and might be have one healthy meal a day. It might be move your body for 10 minutes. It might be um, sleep for six hours if before you were sleeping less and working your way to that optimal seven to eight hours. It doesn't have to be exactly where you want to be in the long term right away. So just finding where you are and figuring out what's one step better. And every day just keep getting one step better and then eventually you're going to have built up and up and up because that 10 minutes of exercise might turn into 15, or that might just be your optimal time. You might like a short hit workout and that might be good for you. Um, that six hours of sleep will turn into eight, that one healthy meal will turn into three. It just happens organically as we start to make it more and more part of our routine. Mm-hmm. So really just making things simple. Um, and by in the process of that, if we break down what we're doing as well, so let's say we are allocating time out and we think, okay, I'll need half an hour for this. But what we actually want to do is think about what it involves and then factor all of that in, almost write out like a little like step-by-step, step, what does this involve? Mm-hmm. Um, and then be like, how long would this realistically take? Mm-hmm. And try and factor that in. Some things will take longer. Um, some things stuff will come up and get in the way and it'll end up being interrupted and it'll take longer because of that. Other things in our head, we have this idea of how complex it might be, which is why we want to make it simple, but we might actually sit and do it. And then it takes a lot less time. So some of it is part of just practicing, starting and getting it done. And some of it is going to be about just breaking it down and just making sure you know how you're approaching it and you Mm -hmm. should be able to judge roughly how long it will take. And it does change, but it's all part of the journey. Yeah, definitely. And then I think you learn as you go as well. Like I've definitely been guilty of that, like having that amazing aesthetic kind of like color-coded calendar that's like booked every single minute of the hour of the day um, and then done things that, you know, factored in the workout but then like not the time to shower and get ready and then all of a sudden you're like 45 minutes late in your amazing perfect calendar um but yeah you sort of learn as you go with that kind of thing as well I think um and then what about like some tips I guess in terms of say you have done that you've done that you know you're starting to get into that um habit of planning things out and getting that structure in your week But then what about some roadblocks? Like you might be looking at that and then all of a sudden you find you don't have the air quotes, like motivation for that particular thing that day. Like how do you kind of overcome some of those mindset hurdles? Yeah, this is a great question. And honestly, motivation is very unreliable. So I don't recommend waiting for the motivation to come along. Um, I focus more on teaching people to be committed. 
and to really commit to themselves. And in order to do that, we need to know why we're doing something and we need to have a strong enough why that it will get us going and like help us get through those times where our mind can get in the way. So having a really powerful and clear why is one important aspect. And then one activity that I get all the members in Habitually Healthy to do is to actually write out an excuse diary. So this can be things we know are common excuses Um, And we'll just write it out. It might be, I don't have time. I don't have energy. I don't have the motivation. Um, Other people needed something from me. Writing out all the excuses that we would, that would potentially get in the way of us doing what we say we're going to do or want to do and writing down how we're going to combat that. So in those times where I don't feel motivated, I can look at what's my response to that excuse. Maybe it's, okay, I'm not motivated, but I know how important commitment and dedication is. So I'm going to just do three minutes, just get started. Because often getting started is the hardest part, particularly when it's the motivation that's lacking. If we can just get ourselves started, we end up building that momentum um, and then it will help us complete the whole task or do the whole thing that we needed to do. So identifying all of our excuses, combating our excuses and just having that and being okay with that. Mm-hmm. A lot of this can sort of lead us to feel guilty when we do see these excuses come up and we become more aware of the ways we self-sabotage ourselves. But something I'm really big on is feeling compassionate for ourselves and not feeling guilty when this stuff does come up because it's completely normal. Our mind is literally wired to keep us safe. It's going to do what it can to make us feel safer And sometimes that does mean it's not going to help us create these healthy habits because it thinks what currently doing is safe because what is familiar is safe for it. So we need to get more familiar with the unfamiliar. And the only way that we can do that is by slowly, slowly stretching the edge of our comfort zone and taking those steps to create those habits and start building that momentum. So really learning to be more in tune with yourself, listening to what comes up, Um, listening to that mental chatter, not buying into it though, and being compassionate to yourself if you are seeing yourself being a bit mean and like we all have that inner critic that can get a bit out of control. So having that compassion but also having that discipline and that commitment that will get us going. Yep, yep. And I think it it's so important to always be like that self-inquiry, have that self-inquiry and asking yourself like is that really true because we all do it. Like I'm not, you know, picking on anyone. I definitely do it. And I am better now noticing it in myself, but we tell ourselves stories. And I would definitely see that in clients in a one-on-one setting where they might come back and, and say, you know, I didn't have time for that, or I didn't, you know, yeah, it might be something that would be a really common one. I didn't have time for that or I didn't get to that. And yeah. of course we all have different commitments. Some of us have kids, some yeah. of us don't, and we have different demands on us. But the reality yeah. is that in most situations, not all, but in most, that is just a story that we're telling ourselves. Um, and we're very good at doing that kind of thing. So I think it's just really important to start, yeah, I guess, allowing yourself that time to kind of go like, is that really true? Did I actually not have enough time? Is that, did I have no time? Did I spend, and and the best way I think with that one would be like, go and look at the screen time on your phone and you'll probably be mortified to find that you actually had an hour or more every single day, probably more. Yeah. 
where you've been, you know, scrolling Instagram, checking your emails, all that sort of thing. Um, And so when you can start to kind of like call BS on yourself, I think um, that's really powerful as well because then referring back to like some of those excuses. I love that. That's such a great tip for people to do. Um, Yeah, you can really start to see, I guess, some of the holes in those stories that you're telling yourself. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And one of the activities we do throughout Who Be Chilly Healthy is actually called a time audit Mm -hmm. where we literally write down everything we do from the Mm. moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep. It's a pretty full-on exercise, but it's very Mm eye-opening. You start to see, it's like, oh no, I don't have time. And then look at what you've been doing throughout the day. And it's like, oh wow, I spent way too much time on social media today. Mm. Like I could have used some of that time to do some exercise, even going on an exercise bike while scrolling social media. Like (laughs) you can find ways to like still do those things you want to do or you have been doing, but bringing in some of those healthy habits, it makes it easier. It makes it fun in different ways. Um, but just when we notice how much time we do spend fluffing around and that's Mm -hmm. okay too. Like I'm Mm. a big advocate of like taking time out, doing things you enjoy, having space in your calendar so that you can just do whatever Mm. comes up spontaneously. It's not like you have to have every minute of every day scheduled out and doing something productive. Not at all. Like we are human beings, not human doings. It's great to just enjoy and relax amongst all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but when we do see how much of our time we spend doing things that don't necessarily light us up or don't help us live our healthiest life, um, we can start to be like, all right, no, I think I don't have time, but looking at this, I Mm. actually have more time than I think. I just need to rearrange my priorities. Yeah. And it's fine to completely say, you know, I don't want to do any of this, but at the end of the day, like if you, if there's something that you want or you want to achieve, or you want to create in your life, like we're in the same, um, coaching group, but something James always says is like, what's that going to require of you? Right. So like, yeah say a client of mine, if they're wanting to improve their insulin levels or improve their metabolic health or get their period back or whatever that goal might be for them, it's like, well, what is the input that's required of you to actually achieve that? It's nice to have that goal, but there's actually some kind of change, internal change that's required from you so that you can get there. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And on that note, I think something really important to touch on is identity. Cause one mm. of the core things when it comes to creating habits is we need to have the identity of the person who would do those things. So when we are trying to make big changes in our life, it often requires us to let go of our old identity and create new ones. For example, if you want to start uh, moving more and you enjoy running or you want to enjoy running, but it hasn't necessarily been something you've done in the past. You might not identify as a runner, mm-hmm. but by changing your identity, stepping up and being like, yeah, I'm a runner. What would a runner do? And mm-hmm. starting to do those things that a runner does, which is simply running. Like anyone can be a runner. You can choose any moment to identify in any way you choose. Um, and just changing that identity and adopting the behaviors of someone who has that identity Mm -hmm. as well is really important. And that will help those habits stick as well. Because if I believe that I am, um, or if I don't, I'm fit, then I'm not going to go out and do those things that will get me fit because I'm just like, Oh no, I'm not fit. I can't run. Mm -hmm. Um, that's really disempowering and I'm not going to go out and run because 
it's not part of my identity. I'm currently, let's say a couch potato instead of a runner. So like changing that and being like, no, I no longer identify as that couch potato. I am a runner now. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can literally change your identity as many times as you want to whatever you want. And that's all part of the journey too. And something I love encouraging people to do is just identify as someone who is healthy and starting to embody these habits Mm -hmm. that a healthy person would have. Um, And it's that simple. We can get started that easily and just chipping away at it and we can really start to reshape that. Yeah, definitely. I think um, at the end of the day, like it's really about like being open-minded and knowing that you can kind of mold and change your mindset around these different things and that it doesn't have to be fixed um, or kind of like self-limiting, which is to be honest, like most of our limitations are self-imposed. Yeah. And yeah, for a lot of these things that it, we're talking about health, obviously specifically, but it's kind of paralleled in every different area of our life. Like you and I are both mm-hmm. business owners and the same would be true for us if we didn't see ourselves yep. as a business owner um, or we were maybe insecure about, you know, our um you know, our knowledge or our ability to help people or what have you, we wouldn't be like getting out there on Instagram. We wouldn't be recording this podcast because we would be like, no, I don't have anything valuable to share. You know, I'm not ever going to be able to help people, all of that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So yeah, we're talking about health specifically, but that is kind of, once you develop that, it will have that kind of like flow on effect to so many different areas of your life as well. Um, I just wanted Definitely, to yeah. circle back to what you said earlier about like discovering your why and why, um, why that is so important, I guess, for kind of your, your long-term success. And I guess being able to kind of go back to that in times when you might be going through some of those self-limitations, like how do we start unpacking that? Yeah. So finding out why is really about doing some self-reflection and looking at what we want in life um, and then digging deeper and being like, why do we actually want this? Mm -hmm. Um, And generally behind our why, there is a feeling. So we might think we want something um, because it's going to bring us something else. So we may think we need to be fit because of Oh, actually, yeah, it always links back to a feeling. I don't know if I've just wired it in my brain so much, but I was going to say we may (laughs) think we need to be fit or we may think we need to eat healthy because we want to feel better. Like that's ultimately where we need to get. So anytime we're looking at something and it's like, I want this thing in my life. Um, Oh, actually, I just thought of a good example. So we might think we want to eat healthy so we can lose weight. Yeah. But is it really the weight loss that we want? No, it's the way we think we'll feel when Mm. we get that weight loss. So we might feel more confident. We might feel healthier. We might feel better. We might feel more vibrant. We might feel more comfortable in our own body. There's so many ways that we could feel if we reach that weight loss goal. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we kind of look at it from that perspective and look at exactly what we want, break it down and be like, all right, what's behind this? And just keep digging and keep asking why until you hit a feeling or multiple feelings. Sometimes there's many feelings behind our goals. And then what we can do is we can start to embody that feeling and we can start to find ways to cultivate that feeling before we reach our goal. Mm -hmm. That's going to do two things. It's going to make us feel awesome in the moment. And it's also going to help us reach our goal more easily because it's going to start to rewire ourselves and rewire our mindset and just help us feel like we're already there. Mm -hmm. And then through taking those steps and doing the action steps and creating the healthy habits, then we'll reach those 
goals mm-hmm. and we'll, before we even realize it because we're already feeling the way we want to feel we've hit that goal we're feeling amazing and then it comes so really digging deep and finding the feeling you're looking for would be my biggest recommendation mm-hmm. when it comes to finding your why yeah and I think then it's going to feel like you don't have to white knuckle your way there right <laughs> exactly yeah 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 Yeah. And it kind of brings it back to that whole thing. It's the journey, not the destination. And when you realize that that journey is that feeling that that's when it starts to really make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other thing I think you talk about a lot is the importance of optimizing your environment in order to make your habits easier. And, um, I guess, take out some of the thinking as well from that whole process? Is that kind of why we, we, we need to optimize our environment? Definitely. Yes. A lot behind optimizing our environment and our environment has a huge impact on our health um, and well-being in general. So one of the things when it comes to habit creation is making things obvious. So that's one of the reasons if we optimize our environment and have things in obvious places, for example, if I have my meal plan on my fridge, I see it. I know what I'm eating. If I have my runners by my door, I see them. I'm prompted to go out and go for a walk. Um, making things obvious is really important and valuable when it comes to helping us stick to those healthy habits. It's also making it easier, which is another really important part of habit creation, because if it's there, it's easy for us to do. Um, And in terms of optimizing our environment, let's speak about the kitchen for a moment. If our kitchen is a mess, we've got all our all these unhealthy things in our pantry, it's a lot harder to cook up a healthy meal because our environment isn't optimized for it. We've got things that are like the opposite to what we need to make our goal happen. So if we can set up our kitchen in a way where it's easy to access the appliances we need to make healthy meals, it's easy to just open the pantry door and see all of the beautiful healthy options, open the fridge and see all of that beautiful seasonal produce and have our things organized in a way where it helps us make those healthy decisions that's going to be supportive and make it easier again. Mm. So one thing I recommend as an example for this is stuff like having our snacks somewhere that they're not as in eye, they're not in eye, (laughs) say that again, (laughs) they're not at eye level and they're not as easy to reach. So if you find you have trouble um, snacking a lot or you'll find yourself at your pantry kind of eating when you're not hungry or emotional eating and all of those things, which um, they're all their own things to work on and talk through, but If you put them somewhere where they're harder to find, you are not going to be triggered when you see them in terms of like when we see something, it can trigger a behavior. Mm -hmm. So we might see some chocolate in the um, pantry and it's totally okay to eat chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's totally fine to eat chocolate, (sighs) example. But we might see, let's say we see some chips at eye level in the pantry. As soon as we open up that door, we're going to see the chips and we're going to be like, oh, yum, chips. Whereas if that, those chips are like in a basket on a lower shelf where we don't see them, we're not necessarily going to be thinking of them. We'll instead, we'll see the healthy snacks we have available or the healthy ingredients we have that we can whip up a beautiful lunch or dinner. Mm. So having things at different locations, different eye levels is all going to be really supportive. And that's one example of how we can optimize our environment. And then of course, there's the whole element of having that healthy home and having um, minimal chemical exposure and things like water filters, air filters, um, and just having a clean space because a clean space really does equal a clear mind. Um, and we 
obviously perform better when we have a clear mind, we can think more clearly, we can do the things we need to do. Whereas if our space is cluttered, we can feel quite overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And in a busy world, it's already so easy to feel overwhelmed. So by making it easier for ourselves, it's just really helping set us up for success. Yeah, I think everyone can probably relate to that example of like you've got a heap of work on and your desk is an absolute schmozzle or whatever it is. Like yeah. you need to take the extra five minutes to actually clear that space and, um, yeah, make it nice to work in because it's just going to literally translate to a clearer mind. You're going to be more yeah. focused on what you can get done next. I'm looking around and thinking that I'm like, I need to do a little bit of that today. Um, that's <laughs> what happens when it gets feeling. to Thursday. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, that's beautiful. And I guess for someone who is like, I want to start a new habit. <clears throat> yeah. Can you sort of walk us through like how you go, whether it's like from A to Z or like the first few steps, how you would go about actually introducing that and whether you have any recommendations around like do you introduce one new thing at a time, like that kind of thing? Because I know sometimes, and I've definitely been guilty of this before too, um, you can be really gung-ho and kind of go like I'm going to change these five things in my life at once. Um yeah. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations around that and sort of how we might do it in a really like step-by-step -step way? Yeah, absolutely. And we're all guilty of wanting to go <laughs> gung-ho and do like many things all at the one time. And unfortunately it doesn't work out the way we intend. Sometimes it will work for like a week or two and then it things just go back to normal because we haven't put those proper systems in place. We haven't done like that mindset work, the identity shifting, all of that. Um, so I always recommend that starting small one thing at a time and then building up. So it might be one week focusing on one particular habit and then the second week introducing another, but don't go hard on each of them. Start small based on where you currently are. So what we were talking about before, rather than going from, if you're eating three healthy meals a week, rather than saying you want to get to 21, just build it up slowly. Yep. And then each week builds upon that some more um, and slowly introduce the other habits in too. So you might introduce some movement ones, some sleep ones, some self-care ones, um, you can introduce them all slowly or hydration as well. We haven't talked about, but don't do them all at the same time because mm -hmm. it will just get overwhelming. And that kind of goes against habit creation because it's all about keeping it simple. Um, so the first thing I recommend when creating a new habit is making it obvious. So this is where the environment can come in. Um, so it might be something like I mentioned earlier, having your meal plan on your fridge so that you can see it. Um, so you're that's like acting as a trigger to be like, okay, meals, what am I eating? It's breakfast time. Mm -hmm. I see it, I eat it. Um, and I move on to the next meal. You just know what you're having. You've, you've planned yourself out. That's a really important part of creating habits. You want to sit down think about what you want, think about why you want it so that you can stick to it. Um, but also just plan out your week so that it makes it easier when it comes to time to do it, because the less we have to do, the more likely we are to stick with it. And that's actually the second element of habit creation, which is making it easy. So we really want to make it just a small step, something that's easy to get started with. Um, it might be something like let's use hydration because we haven't spoken much about that one. It might be as simple as having a water filter there on your bench top. So it's obvious because you're seeing it. You can have a glass next to it to make it easy as well. Or you can have a big bottle that's like goes everywhere with you. So it's always easy to access that water and to stay hydrated. Um, then we want to make it satisfying. There needs to be some element of that habit that we feel good doing or we enjoy doing. If it's all just torture, 
then we're not going to want to do it because it's not fun for us. So we need to make it satisfying. So if let's use exercise as an example, um, if we don't love exercising, find a way that you do enjoy. It might be as simple as going out for a walk or find a way to combine it with another thing that makes it more fun for you. So I referred earlier to going on an exercise bike while you're scrolling social media. It takes your mind off the fact that you're exercising, which may not be something you enjoy, but you're still getting it done and you're doing something you enjoy at the same time. So it's making it satisfying for you. And that can look like anything. That can be something like um, healthy eating. We want to make it satisfying by enjoying what we're eating. Like healthy food should not be boring or bland. Um, There's so many amazing things we can do with real food and ways that we can enjoy it. So just finding ways to make whatever habit you're focusing on really satisfying to you. And this is different for everybody because everybody has different preferences. So tune into yourself. Um, And part of creating habits is really about that self-awareness and finding what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what you like, why you like it, all of that. So just starting to get more mindful and present with yourself can be really supportive along the habit journey. Mm -hmm. So once we've made it obvious, we've made it easy and we've made it satisfying, we want to make it rewarding. So Habits in themselves are rewarding in the long run because they're giving us um, some sort of payoff. So it might be um, improving our health. It might be the endorphins from exercising. It might be delicious taste from the meal, which is part of that satisfying element. There's many ways that habits themselves can be rewarding. However, it's often with healthy habits the reward and the satisfaction comes later. So it's like delayed gratification. It adds up the more we do it, the longer. Whereas with things like that are going to trigger dopamine straight away, like let's say eating that bag of chips we saw in the pantry, in that moment we've got the instant gratification, but the consequences are delayed. Mm. So with the things that don't support our health, it's that order. So it goes Mm. instant gratification, delayed consequence, Whereas with healthy habits, it's kind of like um, instant consequence because we might be doing something we don't love, (laughs) Um, but then it's delayed gratification. So we need to learn to be okay with that delayed gratification Mm -hmm. um, and find other ways to make it rewarding if it's something that we don't love in the moment. So it might be something like setting ourselves a reward. Let's say we stick to a habit for a month. I love doing monthly habit challenges. Um, And then if I stick to a habit for a month, I might go get myself a massage or give myself some form of reward, whatever that may look like for that month. Um, With rewards, I don't recommend using food as a reward because it can (laughs) encourage... So I can't buy um, a box of Loco Love? (laughs) (laughs) You can, but it's more around like we don't want to associate food as like a treat because yeah, I think that's something in society we're kind of like we'll get primed up. for it's it like, as you do kids thing, you get yeah exactly yeah. it's like you fall over you get a lollipop you're like you know yeah. you were good today <laughs> you did so good at this or like that was a really bad yeah. day so like good and bad we get rewarded through food and yeah exactly. I I, you see it so often. It's so crazy. And like, you think, gosh, no wonder as adults, like if you had that a lot as a child, like no wonder you have trouble with kind of like emotional eating. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So we want to kind of untrain ourselves from that and start to see food as it is. It's something to fuel our body and something to enjoy, but not necessarily something that's a reward or a consequence. So if we can have our rewards as something else, it might be buying ourselves some new active wear or some mm-hmm. new runners or um, a new drink bottle or things that will actually support us with these healthy habits and in, at the yeah. same time make them more obvious, easy, satisfying, all of that. 
we can actually weave our reward into that and making mm. our habit more enjoyable. Yeah. Um, another thing I recommend and is a really easy thing to do when it comes to the reward component of habit creation is something as simple as using a habit tracker mm. because we love notifications and that like dopamine hit of ticking things <laughs> off. Like, I don't know about you, but those ticking things off to do yeah, this. It's so good. On- <laughs> yeah, it's the best. It's like, yes, I've achieved something. <laughs> um, so just having a habit tracker, um, there's a few free ones out there. Two of the ones I use, one's called Habit Tracker. I think it's you just search Habit Tracker. It's the first one. It's like a pink tick. And then Habit Share. Um, and Habit Share is really good for accountability. If you want to invite friends, they can see what you're doing. So I've actually done this with the Habitually Healthy members in the past where, that. yeah, we all got on. We all shared our habits with each other. And then it mm. notifies you when other people are ticking them off and you can check in on them and be like, what's oh, it called again? Off. Habit Share? Habit Share. Habit yeah. Share. Yeah. It's a really good one. Yeah. So just having that habit tracker and ticking those things off and seeing that green tick or seeing the streamers go across the screen, depending on which app you're using that in itself can feel really rewarding. It gives us that little dopamine hit. We feel accomplished. Um, and that will tick off that element of habit creation. Yeah. I love that. And that's the four steps. I think, um, like the analogy to me that comes to mind with like the reward and delayed gratification type of thing, I think of like saving money, right? Because like it's a similar sort of thing where like not buying the whatever it is that might be on sale is like you want it right now and you want that instant gratification, but you're actually going, okay, no, instead I'm going to save that 100 or whatever dollars and like invest it for my future later. So it's like future me is going to be real. I think that was like the the main thing I thought of when you were explaining that. I was like, oh yeah, it's like saving money. (laughs) That's spot on. And like the reason you're able to do that and make those decisions is because you've identified a strong enough why to be like, why do I want to save this? It might yep. be for a holiday. It might be for a house. It might be for future security. You're identifying that why and the feeling that you're looking mm. for, whether it's adventure through travel or safety through that long-term yep. security financially, there's always a feeling under it. Mm. So coming back to that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, and I think something that comes to mind when we're like talking about habits as a whole is that it can be really easy yep. to focus on the goal or the outcome that we want. And like outside of health, I've definitely been guilty of this, like in my business of being like really, really focused on the goal and what I want and what that outcome looks like, but then not being enough focused on the cause of that goal. And that's the habits and what you're doing every day. So I think for those of you listening, like with health goals, that's the outcome that you're working towards, but the habits are the cause of the outcome. And that really does come down to um, what you're doing every day, what you're eating, what you're drinking, what you're thinking, how you're moving, all of those things. They're really like the cause. And for so many different conditions, like the reality is that, and and not to say that it's, you know, the individual's fault or anything like that, because sometimes we don't know any better or the reality is just that I think in this day and age, like we have to be so much more switched on as a consumer about what's in our food products, about what we're putting on our skin, about what products are coming into our home. Like it's so true that you can't anymore just kind of be like grabbing any old thing off the supermarket and just expecting that because 
some company has told you that it's safe by selling it at Woolworths or Coles that it is. Um, So there is that element there, but I think like we really need to just be aware that so many of our health problems are at the end of the day, like the root cause is in our diet and lifestyle for so many different things. Um, And supplements are great and all of that. But at the end of the day, it's like those foundational pieces that are so, um, so much the cause of what's going on for us and like simple, but not easy necessarily to change. Um, it's much easier to, you know, like take your magnesium and five different supplements every single night. But the reality is that that's not actually going to like fix the issue long-term for you. Um, and that's where like focusing on, um, the cause is so important because that's what's going to create that outcome for you. Yeah. The long-term changes. Absolutely. That is so, so important finding the cause. And we're big about that as like holistic nutritionists, Mm. like really looking at it from that perspective rather than having a band-aid fix and being like, oh yeah, just do this for the rest of your life. You'll be fine. It's like, do this to support, but here's how we can get rid of what was causing it. And then you won't have to take this supplement or do this thing for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Um, Another thing. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to mention based on what you said before about the habit being what gets you to the outcome. Mm -hmm. That's a really good thing to bring up because we do often look at outcome goals and see what we want at the end of it. Um, And even though we've identified now that we need to find the feeling and we can start to bring that in, we also want to focus instead of outcome goals, we want to make process-based goals. So basically what this involves is finding the process that's going to get you to that outcome. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm going to use weight loss as an example again. Um, Let's say we want to lose weight. What do we have to do to do that? We know we need to eat healthy. We know we need to eat our body. We have to be hydrated. Um, We can reduce our chemical exposure to support our endocrine system, which is going to support weight loss. There's all these things we can do. So if we find those steps, identify them, and then create a healthy habit around each process. Mm -hmm. So around the healthy eating one, creating that as the healthy habit of eating well, creating that habit of movement and setting goals around how many times a week you're going to do that. It's going to break down your big outcome goal. It's going to have smaller milestones. So you feel like you're really accomplishing things and you're ticking things off, regardless of whether you're actually losing the weight, you will be still ticking off those goals by eating healthy, moving your body and all those things and honoring that commitment to yourself. And then as you're doing them, you won't even realize you won't even have to focus on it, but that weight would naturally fall off as well Mm -hmm. because you're coming more into alignment with the things that support optimal health for you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that because those process goals can really support us along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're important as well to have those like mini milestones too, because it can be a long slog sometimes depending on the size of your goals. Um, Definitely, and yeah, it, I think as well, typically with health goals, the beauty of them is that even if you start small, you're going to feel the benefits of it relatively quickly. And so that tends yeah. to feed compliance as well is that when you can see that kind of like proof is in the pudding, whether it's how yeah. you're feeling or your blood test results or whatever it is, your symptoms, um, generally that yeah, feeds compliance. And then the opposite is true too with those sorts of goals, right? Where you, if you fall off the quote unquote bandwagon and, and drop those habits, it's going to become like abundantly clear in how your body feels that yeah. that's not supporting you. And, and typically again, that sort of feeds compliance to get started again. 
Yeah, so true. Um, and I do like to say that there is actually no wagon to fall yeah, off. Yeah, of course. This is the lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but no, it's so true. And we often, like, I still catch myself saying it, being like, damn, I fell off the wagon. And it's like, there is no wagon, Shana. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a lifestyle. And that's what the difference is. It's like, yeah. if you're doing a diet or you're doing something like just a short, sharp challenge mm. or something, mm. you're not integrating it into your lifestyle. No. Um, and when we can integrate it into our lifestyle and change our identity around it and things, we realize that there is no wagon because we can simply just pick it back up. And it's yep. okay if we don't get everything done. Life happens, things get mm-hmm. busy, we have families, all these sorts of things that things aren't always going to go to plan. And again, it brings me back to that compassion, knowing that as long as we're doing our best, whatever that is in any given moment, Mm -hmm. that's still amazing. And we need to learn to celebrate ourselves more for any little step that we take um, and any progress that we are making. And even just wanting to change your life positively. That's a beautiful thing. Many people are very happy just ignorantly sitting there doing their thing that they're currently doing that they might not feel amazing, but they're not willing to change because it's just easier not to change. Mm. So by even just considering and being like, I'm going to take some of these positive steps. I'm going to change my life. I want to feel better and doing those things. That's phenomenal. Mm. Um, So just being proud of yourself and backing yourself the whole way, because if we don't back ourselves, it makes it a lot harder. So we need to learn to be our own best friend throughout it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a beautiful note to finish on. Um, Mm. I'd love if you could um, direct us to where we can find out more about Habitually Healthy or get in touch with you and also any resources that you might have around this as well for people to look into further. Yeah, amazing. So you can find me and all of my offerings over on my website, which is shanasapi.com. We'll pop a link in the show notes because my name is a bit more of a challenging one. Yeah. So shanasafi.com is where you'll find everything. I also spend a lot of time over on Instagram at Project Nourish. I'm constantly sharing lots of little helpful tips over there. Um, Yeah. So follow me over there. Feel free to say hello. I love interacting with all of you and building community. I think it's phenomenal when we can all support each other. So always open to conversations and seeing how we can support each other. Um, yeah, they're the two main spots A resource that I do have. I have a free ebook called ingredients for a nourished life, which basically goes through 10 core pillars, um, that will help us live our healthiest and happiest life. So it covers some of those healthy habits, like things like the healthy eating movement, sleep, um, and all of that. But then it's got a few bonus things in there. Things like having, um, positive relationships and supportive people around you, spending time outdoors, like all of these little things we can do to get started towards building those healthy habits. That's a good one to start with. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. And I think like for anyone that doesn't know, you're definitely living and breathing all of this stuff. And also someone who I know juggles many balls work-wise. So, um, you know, if, that is something that appeals to you looking into more of these habits deeply. I think you're definitely the person to go to because you are kind of like the living, breathing example of all of this. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your time with me this morning. And I am just so grateful to have had you on the show. It's been such, such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Holistic Health Chats. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave me a rating and review in iTunes, as this allows me to help more women just like you. Holistic Health Chats is not intended to replace medical advice, so please consult with your practitioner before making any changes to your current health. 
If you are ready to take your health to the next level and would like some personalized support, the next step is booking in for a complimentary health chat. Please head to selendouglas.com forward slash book for more information.